Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to what was until very recently called the Record uh, Book Podcast, but uh, through high-powered meetings, talked for Empire, decided to now be called Danny Kelly's Record Book Podcast. So I have to take responsibility for this shambles. But listen, thank you so much uh, for downloading and listening to us uh, once again. Of course, via uh, the Game Day Network, the Game Day Empire these days dominates the podcast world so completely. I'd like to say I'm joined once again by Tom Rennie. And Tom, very, very sincerely, I want to say, Joe, as we've been through the last 12 or 13 weeks um, doing this for nothing all the rest of it, you have been absolute stalwart. And we wouldn't have kept the podcast going without you. So without any side at all, thank you very much. Well, I feel as if you're already, having taken the moniker Danny Kelly's record book, already trying to pass responsibility back to me. And you know what? I don't want it. I won't take it. This sh- abomination of a show is your responsibility. You keep yeah. it, mate, all right? I feel like Wiley Coyote, um, when he does absolutely everything possible, distances himself from the ticking time bomb. It's all to his back pocket, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but that, that would cast me as the roadrunner. And as you know, I don't run. So we need to think of a whole new cartoon pairing for us. Me, me, but I should make a point um, that uh, normally uh, Tom is doing this from home. He's actually doing it from work. He's squeezing it into his very busy schedule, which is great. Tom, where should we start? Um, of course, the fanfares are ringing out very loudly now, and uh, um, bonfires have been lit, lit in all the high points of the land, and every village is festooned with bunting at the prospect of the return of Premier League football. Two days before it's supposed to start, three days, whatever it is, boom, COVID at Norwich. Yeah, this is really interesting, this actually, um, mm-hmm. because the Norwich City player who tested positive um, did play against Spurs in the friendly a couple of days ago. Now, the regulation is that you need to be near somebody for 15 minutes within two meters of an infected person. Um, and that means that you would then need to go and self-isolate and all that sort of stuff. Um, but what I don't understand about this is, and that's fine, that's the government policy in the United Kingdom that was published in early March. And and I think uh, someone told me the other day, on average in a game, you have close physical contact with an opponent for 39 seconds in a game. So if you played on the field with someone else who's got COVID-19, you're extremely unlikely to get it in the time you're close to each other. Sure, I get that. Sure. But in Germany, and this is why in Germany there was no friendlies, no kind of pre-season friendlies, why everyone looks so knackered after the first week and why Baz Dost passed out after like 65 minutes of playing for a Frankfurt, having not run for two and a half months. Because they were all quarantined. 
So every single player in Germany was quarantined for a week. And you'll remember there was a manager who uh, nipped out to get himself some toothpaste and he couldn't be there for the first weekend because they were quarantined. Our players are playing each other in friendlies a few days before the season starts. In a country country where the famous R number is much higher than what it was when they started in Germany. I mean, it it just feels like... Or I I don't want to be someone who is going to be looking down negatively on this already because I want it to work. I desperately need it to work. I've just bought a new car. We've had a baby. I've got a mortgage. I need the Premier League back, all right? And I speak for a lot of people. And the players, they need it back. The reason they're going through these risks is they need it back so the clubs don't go out of business so they can continue to get paid a massive wage. They, people talk about them taking risks. They're taking risks for a very good reason, to keep, to keep the, the gravy train moving at the pace it currently does. However, it does concern me. They've now got into a situation where they're playing each other and there are players that are being um, diagnosed with COVID-19 and now they're not isolating because government policy doesn't mandate it. Because it goes back to what Troy Deeney was saying a few weeks ago, how safe can I be? And they're saying, yeah, it's going to be safe. It's fine. We're following the protocols. Look at Germany. Well, we haven't done the same as Germany. We're not doing the same as Germany. So why are we not even following the example for returning football of a league of a country near us that have done it so successfully? Why are we not following that protocol? I don't know. Because we've been behind, look, this is not a political podcast, but it's fair to say um, that the government have been behind every curve it's possible to get behind. If the, if the Olympic Games were still going on or something, I know they've been cancelled, and being behind curves became an event. The one, two, three on the podium, up goes the three Union Jacks, we're all cheering. Our medal tally is already fulfilled. Sport England delighted. We are world champions at curve behind being. <laughs> Let's move on to a place where they have, a, they have started, yeah? What about in Spain, where I know you're, you're a great collector, you're a connoisseur. Um, you you, you watched this, right? Ways. Yeah. You, you watched the video that I sent you. Um, yes, I haven't sent this yeah. to the listeners, of course, but no, this of course. is the video of... Of them, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you'll get it later. You've got my number. Um, it's the Sevilla-Real Betis game, where they had this virtual crowd. Um, now, this has been much talked about. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Firstly, all the graphics are in 2D, which is very frustrating uh, yeah. because and I thought it was going to be a crowd. and It was going to be like the guys on FIFA, the five guys that keep getting replicated or yeah. like the crowd in Gladiator where it's like the five guys baying for blood and then they keep getting replicated oh, the, to fill the Coliseum. The pod race in Star Wars where it's clearly exactly. the same 20 people, but there's a lot of them, yeah. And if you, if you don't really stare at it and you only watch the movie once, probably not for Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. this one, but, you know, you, you can get on with it. But this was awful. It was like watching the graphics of an N64. Like, GoldenEye, the greatest video game of all time, by the way, GoldenEye uh-huh. has better graphics than this nonsense. Um, and it just it was almost like a, a really crap Jackson Pollock that had been put onto the ground. But if the camera moved, it all disappeared. And the irony is, you're absolutely right, it wasn't very, very good at all. In fact, it looked like um, my brother used to have a Spectrum ZX, I mean, before your time, um, in which if you wanted to play their football game, you had to program the entire game yourself. So you'd get this extraordinary book of, of dots, dashes, X's, Y's, forward slashes, etc., like a very complicated knitting pattern. And he would sit there for a fortnight programming the ZX Spectrum. If you made one keystroke mistake, 
you have to go back to the start again. And they produced, that still managed to produce better graphics than we saw at Seville. Seville Derby, of course, was the first game in major European football to come back where the real crowd actually gathered outside the stadium. Now, people say, oh, people wouldn't be stupid, that won't happen. Um, actually, that's the first example of pretty large numbers of people gathering out. I don't know whether it was the Balompi Stadium or not, but whatever one stadium it was at, um, they, they were gathering outside. So you had real people outside not watching the football, making uppy people on the television apparently pretending to watch the football. That's where we are in the middle of 2020. Looking forward to the next six months, though. Really am. The, the amazing thing about this is that I've been telling you for a few weeks now, having watched the fake crowds and all that, that I haven't hated it as much as I thought I would. And for yeah. some of it, I've almost been on board. But this is the one that put me over the edge that's made me now really dislike it. Um, because, firstly, when the graphic went for the crowd on the, what I was watching on, the crowd, dis the, the crowd noise disappeared. There must have been some sort of setting that it put on. So yeah. when the camera moves right, whatever reason, the crowd's no longer working. So it's like if you ever go to a virtual museum, have you ever done that? Where you go, you, yeah. know, you have your phone and you hold it up to like a, a barcode or whatever, yeah. RFID code, and it shows you a, a model of Big Ben or something or other. Big Ben's, of course, not the tower. Yeah. I know, I got that wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Millennium Wheel, what's that called these days? I don't, I don't know. know. Is it the year 2000? I, don't, I have no frame of reference beyond the year let's go back. Let's go back to the museum where you are in the National Gallery, say, yeah. and you want to see what this Velasquez is about, and you hold up your phone, and it fires off some electronic signal. There you go. That, right. that was better than what I had. That was a real thing. But then as soon as the camera moved to follow the ball into the right corner, it disappeared. But it also, on what I was watching, cut the crowd. So you've gone from hearing the crowd fake singing about Sevilla and isn't it great to be back at the football and seeing all this weird gelatinous blob of red and white in the background it all disappears again and you're back on your own it was like a horror movie it's like they're being the horror movie where they build up the tension and the door opens and it turns out it's just mum ringing the washing in not someone coming to stab you I, pre I presume it's the lack of preparation time where they've made up some computer modeling um and says you know uh, uh, whenever we're face on to the play we'll have all this stuff they haven't managed to extend it yet. You're absolutely right. Um, it, was, it was like playing Wimbledon in the old days, when if the ball went to the corner, you knew all kinds of strange things were about to happen. Um, and, you know, when they used to get... Bobby Gould used to instruct to throw the grass really long in the corners at Plough Lane, so the ball never went out of place. So they boosted the ball to the corners, and then weird things would happen, which led to goals by John Fashion who headers. Um, in this case, as you say, the crowd disappeared, and the noise, that was odd. That should, they should be linked together. That was really odd. Yeah. Um, upshot, not the best coverage. But people are loving it still. Like, yesterday I was watching um, Borussia Dortmund at Dusseldorf, and Dortmund's got a 94th minute winner. Ireland um, again, yeah. Of course it was. Um, but I watched it back later. So on our coverage, we don't do the fake crowd effects because I just don't think it's very good. I don't want to broadcast it, you know. And luckily mm -hmm. enough, I get to make that decision for a, sort of our partners. But BT had an option of putting This is on Tom up. Rennie's Talk Sport, yes? This is on Tom Rennie's International Talk Sport Network, uh, broadcasting to 10 countries and counting. Don't miss uh, if you're outside the European Union. And in fact, you can hear some games in Ireland uh, this and week. And if so you, look if you to speak Mandarin, you're brilliant. Uh, yes, you can. And if you look up what Watau means in Mandarin, we won't be able to broadcast this. Um, but it was quite frustrating that they had a great cross to Holland and then he puts it in. And it just, it, it sounded right. So Darren Fletcher, I think, was doing the commentary for BT. And, you know, he's a good commentator. It sounded fine. He'd done his pause that he'd do in TV to let the crowd sing a bit before he'd done his second line. But I actually think at this point, they have just done this to save the commentator's embarrassment. Because it sounds weird to say it on TV with no one in the background. 
on radio it sounds fine because you keep filling that void anyway. Yes, you But do. on TV, they let it breathe. And when you let it breathe with no crowd, it sounds horrendous. So they've got to talk more or not talk at all. I actually think they've done it just to stop the TV commentator sounding stupid. Well, I have to say, you, you, we're all pressing on individual problems here. I'm speaking to my sister about this. She is nuts about football and can't wait to sit and watch four games, one after the other, coming up uh, next weekend. However, she knits at the same time. Um, of course, she, and she can. She can do both things together. But her, the normal thing is she's watching the knitting, and then when the crowd noise reaches a crescendo, or the commentator's voice, she knows it's time to look up because someone is about to either slap the ball into the net or send it sailing over the bar, or there'll be a corner or whatever. But now that she's watching games with no crowd noise, she has no idea when to look up for the knitting. It's going to be a big problem for a lot of people this when it comes back to Premier League. So she's, go, she's going fake crowd because she needs to. Otherwise, um, she'll, she'll get too many jumpers done across the rest of the season. She's not certain. She's not certain that the, the, the fake crowd noises are accurate enough, though, for her needs. Um, she's got, um, I suspect um, the, the long-term solution for her is to put a computer screen with the TV coverage on it behind the knitting so she's got both things going on visually. You can no longer, at the moment, rely on audio clues to when you need to... We all do it. Let's be fair. How many times are you looking at your phone and suddenly the crowd goes, oh, and you're suddenly you're just transformed back to the, to the television picture? What will happen now times. is that you'll be scrolling on Twitter when the game's on and you'll see that someone's posted there's been a goal and then you'll look up and have to rewind the TV to see the goal that Twitter has just told you has happened. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming, uh, coming back. Um, I'm looking forward to laughing at some of the innovations. Um, I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm, I'm on Talk Sport, the actual radio station, Tom Ray Talk Sport. Um, I... Oh, I can't not. get on that, mate. No, no, no I can't get on I'm, that. No. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that it's the real Premier League coming back because it's not. No. It's, a high, it's a hybrid. You know, you see that sometimes you see those dogs that have been hit by a car and they've had the operation and they've only got three legs. It's a bit like a three-legged dog, isn't it? It's very and bleak. I suspect, I suspect it might be a two-legged dog when we actually see it on the television. Oh, let, me let me move on. I didn't on envisage having to think about a dog being hit by a car here. That's really bummed yeah. me out. I do this oh, podcast uh, for fun. Yeah, I know, I know. And the next bit is not going to be fun either. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go.
Labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Um, during the week, Linfield, the uh, Northern Irish Football Club, um, arguably the biggest club in Northern Ireland, um, revealed one of its new kits. Um, and it is a kind of purple and pink kit. Um, has a sash on it too, that has its own problems. Um, and people, you know, let me get Tom, let me explain this to you, I'm sure you know, but um, obviously, like so many other aspects of life in Northern Ireland, there has been a history of sectarianism mm. uh, dividing the football community. And Linfield have, for better or for worse, been associated with not just the, the, the uh, unionist community, I mean, you know, people can choose to support who they like, but with the more unsavoury and, in fact, legal parts of the unionist community. And people have pointed out, now, first, when I saw the kit, the nice part of me, um, the Danny Kelly's record book podcast part of me said, oh, that is sweet, isn't it? That is a tribute to the packaging of the Vimto-flavoured Chewits, which packaging <laughs> is identical um, to those two colours. The background is the kind of purple, and the Chewits is picked out in pink. Till people pointed out to me that, in fact, this was the chosen colour scheme of the UVF, the sectarian terrorist organisation who were part of the awful problems we saw in Northern Ireland over the last 30, 40 years. Um, and there's been no real explanation for this or indeed denial of it. They haven't confirmed it either, but it's an incredible uh, coincidence. And I'm really hoping that like so often in the past, this kit turns out to have been faked up, but, but no one's denying it at the moment. So you know say about that, have you? I, I have almost nothing to say about that. It's, oh. a kit that. it's a kit that shouldn't be made because it's insightful, is what you're telling yeah. me. And yet, inciting, 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 insightful. insightful. Yeah. I'm insightful. Well, yeah. apparently not. So it's 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 a kit that's going to incite, but they've gone with it anyway. And there's no way of stopping it because isn't there regulation that you can't have no, political I'm, messaging on your strips, that sort of thing? Oh, that's no, no. I mean, I, the caveat here is I I hope it is a big hoax, but I I fall for it hook line hook line and sinker if it is. Now I don't um, know that the the listeners are ready for another outburst. From you about the handball rule that's what they're going to get yeah oh so oh i <laughs> forgot how much i hated this season like i hate it i hate everything about the 1920 season it has been if you cast your mind back it's been crap all the way through almost every team apart from liverpool in the premier league has been rubbish all the leagues in europe being won by the teams you'd expect to win them and we've had var ruining so much of this season and I'm watching the game on Saturday. I mentioned it earlier. Dusseldorf against Borussia Dortmund. And there's an amazing volley by this guy, Rafael Guerrero, who is a phenomenal player. Yeah, it's real, a left-footed volley. It's so sweet. It's so perfect. And it was the only moment, apart from the eventual winner in the 95th minute, of that whole game that was worth the hour and a half I invested in it. And then the players celebrate. It's a big moment. They line up again, but oh, no oh no, there's an issue in the build-up to the goal. And it turns out Erling Haaland's shot deflected and it hit Guerrero on the upper arm, lower shoulder. Now, we know this is going to be changed for the next season, whenever that is. But for this season, the rule is, is maintained and continues that if the ball hits an arm anywhere in the build-up, even by accident, the goal will not count. And it happened again. And it was an amazing goal, an amazing moment, a brilliant finish. 
that should be what we're talking about. Instead, we're talking about a debate about what the shoulder is, what the arm is. Was it deliberate? Ah, it doesn't matter. Again, it just, it's root. Whoever came up with that handball rule for this season, I think it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, bonehead rule change in the history of all football. And I'll be delighted when we get to whenever next season starts and we never got to do this again. I can afford, this is the last of these podcasts, just me and you. So I can afford to lose you now. It's two thirds of the way uh, through it. Um, and I have to say, when they brought this rule in, I really liked it, Tom. And of course, this is because I speak. I, I, I don't want goals to be scored, but it's been a handball halfway through it. I'm, but accidental, about, though. An accidental handball halfway through where it actually brushes the that's arm. That's the problem. Accidental, it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah, but you should, have, you should be able to have a subjective conversation about something that happens 40 seconds before the goal goes in, shouldn't you? All right. Oh, well. Uh, again, Don't. What, let's not do it. Um, you know what? Uh, let's not do it. We can do this uh, next week when we've had games. I'm just saying Thierry Henry, Harris, and, and the scars run deep. That's all I'm saying. Um, now, on to another story. I really am interested in this because it's been a sort of, in my mind, a pot that's been boiling for many, many years. You informed me. Um, from the giddy heights that you occupy in international football, that the Dutch and Belgian leagues are threatening to coagulate. Is that the right yes. word? Yes, it is an amazing story, this. There's been so much discussion of this for years and years because of what's happened in Europe is the Premier League is the undisputed number one, the Liga number two, and then it goes Bundesliga, Serie A, and Liga and battening out for the third spot, depending on where they are in their cycles. Yes. Um, and that's left the Dutch league, and that's left the Belgian league, not making any money, no one's interested, there's not enough teams, um, so what do they do? Well, uh, they've been trying desperately to find a way to merge these leagues for years, the various associations, and as of potentially the season after next, we're going to have the Bene Liga, which is the Belgian Netherlands Liga, which will be eight Belgian clubs, 10 Dutch clubs, 34 games, no playoffs, one massive multinational league. Um, and apparently it's, it's got a step closer to the point where now they're talking about how they practically bring it in within the next 18 months. Always, of course, the, the fly in these ointments was always UEFA. They cannot bear the fact that Cardiff City play in England, that Derry Rangers play in Scotland, that Derry City play in the Republic of Ireland. They can't stand one club crossing a border. Now we're threatened to amalgamate two leagues. But I, I have you me. got UEFA's view for me? I don't have UEFA's view, um, <laughs> but they're in a situation now where they're pressing ahead with it, which makes me feel like UEFA are, are broadly on board. Um, because if you've got a league that's making money, as compared to two leagues that don't make a great deal, that's got to be good for UEFA, right? I don't know how they work out Champions League places and Europa League places, but when was the last time a Dutch team or a Belgian team did anything in a major European competition? And, of course, the historian in me... Is looking forward then to this being a very successful model, and a lot of the leagues in the old Yugoslavia and Hungary um, and Austria all joining up to form the Habsburg League sometime about three years down the line. That'd be lovely. And if the officials could reintroduce the uniforms of the Habsburg Empire with the massive plumed hats, I'd be very, very into that as well. Everything about this is, I'm just getting more excited by the second. If we could get them in period costume as well, amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would work. That would work. Now, we've had at least one of your major bugbears in life. Um, at the start of the show, when we talked, um, well, no, halfway through, we talked about the VAR handball rule. I'm almost frightened to mention the next one because um, you're a new father. As you say, you've got a mortgage and a car to support. We don't want your old ticker giving out. But 
can I put it? Roberto's back. Oh. Did, have, have, did you watch this? Have you seen any of this? I've, because of what you said in the preparation of the show, yeah, I have been here, yes. He, he's, a, he's a goalkeeper that treats every cross like he's never seen a cross before. It's just, he is the most bafflingly awful footballer. If West Ham go down this year, by the way, genuinely, I, I'm not just making excuses, he should take over 50% of the blame because he cost West Ham 12 points this season in the five games that he played. He was so useless. Um, and he came on on the weekend. He's gone to Alaves on loan. He'll probably be there forever because nobody wants him back. Um, and he came on after the goalkeeper got sent off after 20 minutes. And there's a cross from the left-hand side. What does he do? He totally misses it. He comes out with two hands, but nowhere near the ball. And they concede, I think, the first goal and end up losing the game. But the thing is, Tom, because you are a Tom Rennie of international court tour, um, when the, uh, I kind of forced myself to watch the Alaves game because you said, look at this clown. I couldn't help thinking that the Alaves goalkeeper and Roberto got together before the game to tell you what, I'll get myself sent off after about half an hour and then we can really give Rennie something to think about. It looks deliberate to me. It looked deliberate to me. They're big fans of the record book is what it is. They're big fans of uh, Danny Kelly's record book um, and he's the only man who takes responsibility for this. Um, And they decided they needed to give me something to be annoyed about. And firstly, I was laughing, but then I remembered that's when I started getting palpitations about the season that we're somehow still in after a year of waiting to find out what's going to happen because he could still, even though he's now costing somebody else points on a weekly basis, he could still make West Ham get relegated this year because of how useless Utterly, utterly useless he is and was. Oh, no. It's all coming back to me. Oh, uh, I don't know why I like this. You, no, no. You, you love football, Tom. You just hate this season, don't you? Absolutely hate I, I it. I do hate this season. I really have hated it. And I can't yeah. wait for the next one to begin. Um, imagine if I told you, and we'll finish the show, Mr. Uh, delightful thought. Imagine in those heady days, not so very long ago, two years ago, of the 2018 World Cup, as that beautiful tournament unfolded before us in the hottest weather most of us can remember uh, this century. And England's team, by hook or by crook, um, made their way through the semi-finals and everyone was loving their football. Imagine if I'd said to you then, you know what, the 2019-20 season, it will take a year and a half to play it. The teams will go down um, without having played all their football matches. Um, People in Scotland will be suggesting the complete reorganisation of the league in order to avoid relegation. Celtic will be celebrating a ninth title, having played about two-thirds of their matches. You know, it looked to me like I was gone nuts, but apparently everything is possible in this best of all possible worlds. And, and uh, also, Roberto's still getting a game, and Belgium and Holland are combining leagues. Yeah. Um, Tom, listen, it's been a pleasure again. Absolutely. And because of your sterling work over the last 12 or 13 weeks, which I, and I know that there's a kind of sarcastic tone to a lot of what goes on in this show, I genuinely want to thank you for all that you've done. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.